0: parents and guardians it's time once again for the fearless parenting show well 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 welcome to another episode of Fearlessly parody today's guest is one of the strongest mamas she is an outstanding parody coach she bases her parody coaching approach on a foundation that is very, very solid. Her name is Gail Swift. And Gail is fiercely committed to guiding students and families to take action in their natural abilities. Our interview went on for quite a while, for about 40 minutes, which i broke broken into three segments. So enough of hearing from me. Let's get on with the show. Without any further ado, here's Gail Swift. Well, 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 welcome to another episode of Fearlessly Parenting. Today, I have an awesome guest, Gail Swift. She's here with us today, and I'm not going to occupy any more of your listening time. I'm going to turn directly to her, and I have a question for her. She's a parody coach. She's out in California, and... Uh, you know, in some of the things I read about her, uh, she says that she's able to help parents understand their children. So I, I got, what do you mean by that? Uh, don't parents already understand their children? I think I already know the answer to that, but I want to. <laughs> so.
1: I think, like me, I thought I did. I mean, you want to, everyone wants to, but they come at it with their own lens as you're very aware. And so that's an, that's an automatic filter for not understanding your kids because you understanding them completely would mean no filter. And so when I say understanding your kids, I mean, how they take action when free to be themselves, not with your help and understanding them in that capacity. Yeah. makes all the difference in the
0: world. You know, I'm a behavioral consultant, and I do DISC, and I, you know, I've done assessment of teenagers and children, and what parents have to realize is that your child's not weird or strange. They're just not you. You know, I have a dominant personality, but I have a bubbly, happy-go-lucky daughter who's an eye on the DISC scale, and she's a people person. Everything is about her. She loves being around people, but that's who she is. If I'm going to talk to her, if I'm going to connect effectively with her, I got to talk to my daughter in her language. So let me ask you, how do you go about solving this connection problem between Mm -hmm. parent and child when the parents try to fit them in their lens rather than viewing the child as they are.
1: I think it's important to identify how your child works and how you work. So then you will very clearly see the differences. For example, on one of the, just one small example is my husband has a great need for details when he solves a problem. He does a lot of fact-checking and he cites sources and he figures out what the expert is and who the expert is in the industry of the problem that he wants to solve. My youngest son has very little need for detail to make his best decision. So as you can see, I've laid the groundwork (laughs) for (laughs) a potential harmonious conclusion or a disastrous conclusion, depending on how you look at it, depending on how the parent comes at the child. So if my parent, if my husband comes at my son with, did you do your homework? Did you do the background? Did you do this? Did you check this? Did you check that?
0: Mm -hmm. Then
1: the child is left with a decision. I don't want to, I don't want to make my dad mad. I want to please my father, but yet me, I don't need that much detail. So right off the bat, when you ask those kinds of questions, he's in a quandary. Mm-hmm. And if he's yeah. true to himself, the answer would be, no, I did not, dad, because I don't need as much detail or I don't need that information to make a decision for myself. Right. So a question yeah. y- you understand, you follow me, right?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I both definitely do because, you know, a lot of parents, it we're human and we think a certain way. So we think our kids ought to act a certain way. Or why can't you be more like Johnny? Or why can't you be more like Mary? Well, the reason they can't be more like Mary is because they're not Mary. God has given all of us wonderful gifts. We're all fearfully and wonderfully made, Mm -hmm. but we're not all the same. And and I love your... uh, I love your thoughts that, you know, you you got to sort of fix the parent in this. We were kind of talking about this earlier before we kicked off the interview. Sometimes you got to fix the parent. And I love the way you said that a parent will come at a child this way. They'll come at a child this way. And that's telling me that, hey, you as mom and dad, you have control as how you come at your child. Uh, what, what are some tips that you could give parents so that they not only communicate, but they connect when they communicate?
1: I have a phrase that I like to use, and it's called "Questions over Suggestions" at every age and every stage. So instead of coming at with a suggestion and you know that person is completely capable, completely wired by God to solve problems and you know how they're wired, you're holding the blueprints, come at it with a question, a question, not with an intention behind it or a judgment behind it, but a curiosity Mm -hmm. asking parents to be curious is a hard thing as a, as for with a child, it's, (laughs) it's a hard thing, but instead of suggesting, so ask what kind of information or how much information do you need To make that decision to move forward. What are you looking for? Like literally out of curiosity, I will ask my son, what are you looking for to move forward? And he'll say, I've got what I need, or I'm looking at this and then I'm done. And I'm like, fantastic. So you're questioning about the journey and his process, not if he's right or wrong, because I already know he's capable. I already know it
0: on that parents because what she's doing here she's asking her kids calibrated questions questions that begin with what and how that you know communicates to your child that you're curious about them and that your focus is on them and when you come at a child with how and what uh, it it's hard for them to take it and feel that it's judgmental. That That is so, so good, Gail. Love it. Love it. Let me ask you this. Uh, what other problems beyond communication, though that is key and an underlying issue for many of the things that might go wrong in the house, what other problems might parents encounter in the household that you help them out with?
1: I work with a third part of the mind. So I work with a cognitive part of the mind, how people solve problems. But there are three parts of the mind, Stan. Okay. And I believe you work with an affective part. And so here's what happens when you ignore. Here's what happens when you overrule. A long enough times when you overrule how someone works or discount it, discredit it, you will see guaranteed behavioral problems. And that may be where you come in (laughs) because over time, if that person, if that child has been sidestepped, overlooked, not validated, not old enough, can't do it, there will be some backlash. There will be some backlash. And so typically that is when you or I are called in is when the negative starts to appear. The negative. Yeah.
0: So, you know, not only bad behavior, but sometimes, uh, you know, kids have issues and parents have issues, too, because they have limited beliefs. What I mean by limited beliefs is like, well, you know, if this were if it wasn't like this, I could do better. Or if I only had this, I could do better or because my parents don't think I can. I can't because my parents think that I'm a bad kid. You know, maybe sometime yeah they do. Never have to be a bad. They they act that out, or they can't contact connect with their parents and they go outside the hall uh, and get with their friends and everything who tell them who they are, mm. and then they're limited in their belief system by their friends. Uh, Is that some of the things that you, you encounter as a parenting coach?
1: I'm going to ask you a question with that question.
0: Go right ahead.
1: If, if you're a parent and you start questioning to grow your child and have a contract, I wanted my kids, I want them to be contributors. Mm -hmm. You cannot have a passive contributor. It's an an oxymoron. (laughs) You They're only active contributors. And so with questions, if you form and agree to, before they even come out of the womb stand, you agree that you will have an active contributor to the world, there's only one thing that happens when you continue to ask questions. And that is when you ask the child the question, they are responsible for the outcome. If you give them the freedom, they're responsible for the outcome. When they're responsible for the outcome, who do you think they blame when it doesn't work out?
0: Wow. Well, I would imagine that the kids would, you know, say, okay, there's some things that I need to straighten out in how I'm doing it because I've taken ownership of this. So I'm going to make some corrections here and get back on the right path. But now let me ask you this, you know, not only asking the right question, but praising the right actions. How do you feel about that as a parent? Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about a trophy for everything that they do. Right. I'm talking about, you know, uh, and not just getting an A and B on the report card, but right. hey, what did, I see you got an A here, but what went into that A? Right. Using your questions, okay? What went right. into that A? How did you go about getting that B and having them answer the question?
1: I ask the same questions if it's an A or an F. How hard did you work for that grade? And what would you do differently next time? If it's an A or an F.
0: (laughs) I love it. Consistency, mom and dad, consistency. And it's hard. To be consistent, uh, we're human. We all have human failings and everything. But here on this, you get more of what you praise than what you criticize. So if you're, if we're getting that A and B, and you see hard work there, they they actually put forth an effort. Uh, you you definitely want to praise that. Now, if they sort of slid by, and just happened into an A. Of course, you can speak to that issue too, but you definitely want to praise for the things that they put some hard work into, because I like what you said, when they take ownership of it, they need to take the ownership of the bad and take ownership of the good and and note the difference between the two.
1: I read a book by James Dobson when my kids were super small and he suggested, and we've done this to not comp- compare or compliment on brains athleticism or looks hmm. with siblings. So my husband and I have agreed that in those three categories we do not compare or compliment necessarily on brains athleticism or looks. What we do what we do talk about to your point Stan is effort made in the categories that you are searching and seeking for. So my my son is a welder and he plays hockey and so I will applaud him when he falls. I'll applaud him when he falls because I know he's trying and I know he is making mistakes and he's learning with every mistake. I will applaud him all the time. Like I saw that awesome effort and you felt 10 times like way to go. I'm so proud of you. I know you've learned every time you got up.
0: <laughs> that, that is so good. And that lets them know that you're right there with them mm-hmm. in the mix of things, in the thick of things. I, I love that. that everybody's been. I, I work in the Royal Ranger Ministry. I have for thirty years, and I had one young man. Uh, I've been working with him, and he kind of he kind of fall here, fall here. but one day he got it right and he got it right because he put a lot of effort into it. and i I looked him in the eye and I said, You know what? I believed in you, and right now, You've gotten to the point to where you're believing in you, and then he turned around, and, and I want to address this. He turned around and told me, "Nobody has ever told me in my life that they believed in me." I'm gonna tell you, it it, it crushed my heart. I would heart have started crying. Yeah. To hear, oh, hey, I'm a so, sort of wow. a rough, rough, uh audibly retired peace officer, <laughs> former mm-hmm. naval officer, and, and I was starting to tear up over it because I, I couldn't believe that this kid had gone all his life and, and nobody ever said that they believed in him. But I said it because I knew he I knew he had the capabilities, and when he put forth the effort to go along with his giftings, that was the time to tell him. And I've continued to get more and more of that type of behavior where he takes ownership of what he does at our local Royal Ranger outpost.
1: That's awesome. That is awesome. I love that story. Thank you for sharing that.
0: Well, I, 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 I brought that up and they came to mind because of what you're saying. Getting kids to take ownership of what they do as a parent, that's that should be one of the things, one of the primary things that you want to do. Well, wow, ladies and gentlemen, and that's only the first part of a three-part interview of Gail Swift. I told you she is an outstanding parenting coach, and she has more to share with you. Moms, dads, and guardians, please take a moment to check out the podcast show notes and podcast description, where you'll find a link to her website. I challenge you to go check her out. She is the real deal. But that's all that we have for this particular episode. So as I always say, go forth and fearlessly parrot. God bless. And we'll see you back for part two of my interview with Gail Swift. Moms and dads, you know, I'm always telling you that you ought to pour into yourself. You need to feed your mind. You need to grow your own leadership. I have a wonderful opportunity for you to do exactly that. You'll find another link in the podcast description to Live to Lead. Live to Lead is a $79 and you'll have an opportunity to hear from John Maxwell at three other speakers who are going to add value to you and help grow you as a leader. And you'll be able to take that leadership that you learn and pour it back into your child. Look forward to seeing you at Live to Lead.